0: y'all? Welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Cersasimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. We are so close to the American hardcourt swing right before the U.S. Open. We are not long away from the U.S. Open. It is August, and the U.S. Open is at the very end of this month, and it is getting extremely close. Now, I could sit here and talk about the U.S. Open, the U.S. Open, the U.S. Open, but I'm literally going to do that for the next month and some change starting in next week's podcast. So we're not going to get there today. We're going to start with some tournaments that were happening overseas and really the last tournaments right before the hardcourt swing here in America and the one in Canada. Let's start overseas in Croatia. Now, this tournament was highlighted. It's in UMag, Croatia, and it is highlighted by the young stars. Um, if, if you want to go to this tournament, if you were at this tournament, you were pretty much watching the next gen. And in this episode, and really... Right now, I'm talking about the next-gen a ton, and there's a good reason for that. Rafael Nadal's hurt. He's out. Novak Djokovic, we'll touch on him a little bit in this episode, but he's unvaccinated and might not be able to play at the U.S. Open. Well, as of now, that's the case, or at least we believe that's the case, and Roger Federer still hasn't returned. We're going to talk about them plenty once they start playing again and especially once we get to the Laver Cup because the big four is coming back to the Laver Cup but in Croatia it's an ATP 250 it is on clay court and so a lot of those younger players overseas like to play in it number one seed Carlos Alcaraz number two seed Yannick Sinner and then the number three seeds Holger Rune so that kind of tells you what kind of field they're working with here but don't Count this field out just yet. Fabio Fognini's in this field. Lorenzo Musetti is in this field. So there's a lot of good young players and old players like Fognini that are in this tournament, and it's competitive. Carlos Alcaraz, the one seed. Obviously, you're hoping he has a really good tournament, and he does. He does everything you expect Carlos Alcaraz to do. Gives the fans a show, always has great shots, gives his 100%. Almost Rafael Nadal-like, which is exactly who people are comparing him to at such a young age. And he does exactly what he needs to do. He gets to the final in this tournament. However, Yannick Sinner also plays a great tournament. There's really no surprises in this tournament before the final. Not a lot of big names in this tournament. Obviously, a lot of those big players are either playing in Atlanta or they're already in America getting ready for the U.S. Open. So, Yannick Sinner and Carlos Alcaraz meet up in the finals and... It's going to be a great match no matter what you get. But what happens is Yannick Sinner loses the first set in a tiebreaker, then sweeps the next two, 6-1, 6-1. A massive win for Yannick Sinner, and it turns out to be his sixth title on the ATP Tour and his first of 2020. It's good to see him back. If you remember right, he got COVID and within the last year and just hadn't been the same since. He lost a lot of first-round matches, just wasn't back to where Yannick, you'd expect Yannick Center to be, but he is back. 2021 was a massive year for him. He wins uh, Melbourne. He wins Washington, Sophia, Antwerp, and he won Sophia also in 2020. Now, Washington, he, as of a little bit ago, he wasn't in the main draw at Washington. We'll check in on that just a little bit later um, to defend his title, but getting a, getting a win on clay against Carlos Alcaraz in that field over there is a massive win for Yannick Center, and it's really good to see him get back to form. Now, If you look on the flip side of that, the big story here has definitely got to be Carlos Alcaraz. Carlos Alcaraz has seven losses in 2022, just seven. And four of them are versus Italians. He lost in the Australian Open to Berrettini. He lost at Wimbledon to Sinner. He lost at Hamburg to Musetti. And then he loses at Umag to Sinner. So he's definitely got his fair share of losses uh, to Italians. And when you look at Italian tennis right now, there are a lot of heavy hitters in there. You look at the three I just named, Musetti, Sinner, Berrettini. There's some guys there from that team, and from, the, from you know, good to Davis Cup or whatever, and you get in the Italian team. That team can be pretty dangerous, and that's what it's looking like looking like it is right now and looking to be that the Italians are going to be the one to beat, especially against Yannick Sinner. Uh, or, sorry, against Carlos Alcaraz, excuse me. We talk about Russia and the great players that Russia has. Obviously, he can't represent the country anymore, but... That's got to be the number one country right now. Spain is close near. Uh then you look at Italy and United States maybe somewhere. There's some great players out of Canada, but for Carlos Alcaraz have four losses this year of his seven. A majority of his losses are coming to Italians. Now you look at his seven losses in general though, and three of his other losses are Nadal, Corda and Sverev. Great company. Look, he's not losing To no-name players. There's guys on tour right now that are losing to players that they shouldn't lose. You look at guys like Denis Shapovalov. He's lost many matches this year to guys that he probably shouldn't lose. He he has early exits at tournament. When Carlos Alcaraz plays in a tournament, it's almost guaranteed that he's going to make it far. And if he loses, he's going to lose to a special player. And that's what he does all year. And that's what he's been doing. And he continues to do that. He loses a tough one to Yannick Sinner. But congratulations, Yannick Sinner! Obviously, at twenty years old, those two are the guys right now in the sport of tennis when it comes to next gen and the real young group. But it's really good to see, you know, Yannick Sinner continue to climb the mountain, and I'm sure that you know Carlos Alcaraz is going to be right, right there with them as they go on this journey together. Atlanta, let's head to Atlanta. Uh, Nick Kyrgios left this tournament in singles with a leg injury, but him and Thanasi Kokkinakis actually end up winning. The doubles. So I think a lot of people were probably question questioning Nick Kyrgios on how you can keep playing doubles and not singles. It is a much lesser toll on your body to play doubles than it is singles. Um, and sometimes in singles, if you even feel like there could be a hint of you being hurt, you just you just bolt. And you get out of there to kind of save yourself, and that's what he did here. But him and Kakanakis take the—they're a—they're deadly duo. I mean, they win the Australian Open. They come here, they win an ATP 250 in Atlanta, which is obviously a great tournament. And uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm—I hope they play doubles at the U.S. Open. I don't know if Curioso will be able to play both or if he can handle that. I hope he can. Uh, but I hope his injury isn't isn't much. Uh, you know, isn't too much, and he can actually win that. Let's go to Atlanta. A lot of great players in Atlanta. John Isner, the two-seed. It's funny because uh, Steve Johnson actually got the one got put in the one-seed spot because he was a lucky loser. Uh, but the two-seed, obviously, there with John Isner. Uh, he is Mr. Atlanta. He's won there so many times that they call him Mr. Atlanta. Mackenzie McDonald, Kudla, Brooksby, Tiafo, Korda, uh, Nakashima, a very, very, very Tommy Paul, Jack Sock, Giron, uh, very heavy, American presence in this tournament, which there always is and there always should be. Uh, Alex Day-Manure, though, the Australian, the three-seed, really makes a run for it. He makes it all the way to the finals. It kind of opens up the top side of the bracket because the lucky loser at the top. Tommy Paul is good tournament, but he loses to Ivashka. Ivashka, no scuff there on a loss by Tom Paul, Tommy Paul, even though he's the five-seed, because Ivashka, tall, real real, just heavy hitter he is, and he actually ends up losing then to Alex Day-Manure, who makes it to the final. On the bottom side, very impressive. Francis Tiafo makes another run for it, but Jensen Brooksby is the name of the game, and I think a lot of people have kind of realized that over the last year. He beats John Isner, which is kind of a surprise for a lot of people. John Isner, Mr. Atlanta. Brooksby beats him in three sets to advance to the semifinals, and then Brooksby beats Francis Tiafo in straight sets to advance to the final. Now... Incredible tennis from Jensen Brooksby. I don't know how to read this guy. I don't know when he's going to play really good tennis. Some guys, you just know when they're going to play good tennis. Not Jensen Brooksby. I honestly can't read this dude. Like, I can't read this dude at all. And he just happens to play really good tennis at really random times. And not saying he's bad the other times, but man, he is something special to watch when he gets on a roll and can play really good tennis. He makes it to the finals. Alex Day-Manure beats him in the final 6-3, 6-3. Alex Manure, a great win for him. Honestly, uh, he he really burst on the scene. Twenty nineteen had a really good year, uh, and then you know he's been up and down ever since. Uh, the youngster, the twenty three year old from Sydney, Australia, but this win, big for his career, I believe. And th- as as you look at his titles. This is his sixth title overall, first one in 2022. Uh, He's won Atlanta before in 2019. Like I said, he burst on the scene. He had three titles in 2019, two in 2021. Good to get Atlanta under his belt and win that tournament as well. I'm really, really hoping that he can make another run at the U.S. Open because he is so good to watch. He's so scrappy, and he's fun to watch. Uh, Let's head over to Austria. Another ATP 250 going on last week and that tournament is highlighted by Roberto, Roberto Batista Agut. Sorry about that. Um Roberto B- Batista Agut obviously probably the best player in this tournament. There wasn't a lot of great players in this tournament just cuz there's so many other things going on at this time. And so sometimes these tournaments you won't get like the best guys just because that's how it lines up. But Batista Goot was in this, and then it was Aslan Karatsev, and then it kind of drops off. Lorenzo Sinego was in this, Richard Gasquet, but not great, great players in this tournament. And But Batista Goot, good for him. Uh, he had a birthday during this tournament, I saw, so that was cool. Another highlight of this tournament, Dominic Team. Uh, gets into this tournament. He wins a few matches, which is really good to see. loses in three sets, but it really shows you that Dominic team, I think, can get back on tour. and Hopefully, he can make a run to a title here soon, but Batista Agut, 18 in the world, 34-year-old, let's go, dude, playing good tennis. Unfortunately, that's on clay, and they'll get into hard court here soon, so does that help his hard court? Probably not, but awesome to see him win that. He has won 11 titles, and that is his second title of Twenty twenty two, He won Doha, which is a hardcore tournament. He won that back-to-back years. Or no, sorry. He didn't win. He won that in 2019, and then he won that in 2022. My bad. Read that wrong. But he has two titles in 2022, so good to see him getting back into it. All right, what's coming up? Let's look at what's coming up the first week of August. Obviously, it's going to be tournaments that are leading into the U.S. Open. That's the time of year we're at. If you're playing in the U.S. Open, you're in America at this time. August 1st starts the City Open ATP 500 in Washington. That's a really good tournament. Los Cabos in Mexico, that's an ATP 250. That's actually a popular tournament. Um, I don't consider it necessarily a part of the American swing. I consider like the City Open and then... You know, go to Montreal and play in Canada and then play at Western at the Western Southern Open, which is Cincy and then Winston-Salem and then the U.S. Open. But Los Cabos actually has a good turnout more times than not. Let's go to the City Open first. Let's preview that just real quick. That'll be probably a week tournament just before everyone heads up north to Canada. Uh, a lot of good players in this tournament. You look at guys like Andre Rublev is the top seed. This always gets a good turnout because I'm telling you, this is the U.S. Open swing. Rublev, Herkacz, Fritz, Opelka, Dimitrov, Shapo, Hachinov, Van D. Van Sculpt. I still can't say that even though I should be able to at this time, but I don't think a lot of people can, so I don't feel that bad about it. Holger Rune, 9 seed. Francis Dioffa, the 10 seed. Alex De Manure coming off that Atlanta win at the 11 seed. So a lot of great players in this tournament. I expect a lot, especially from that top five. Rublev, Hurkacz, Fritz, Opelka, and Dimitrov. I would expect a lot out of those guys, and I think they should expect a lot out of themselves. But you never know how these guys are playing these tournaments. So a lot of them are playing to win it, but some of them, you know, they strategically plan their four weeks. You know, how important is this tournament compared to, you know, uh, Cincy? You know, probably not very, like not as much because you only get five hundred points you win this tournament. You get a thousand if you win Cincy. So that that happens to be. Part of the game, unfortunately, but it is definitely part of the game, and it'll be interesting to see how some players play that. So, I never take these tournaments too seriously, uh, just because I know some players are playing for that matter, but whatever, I'll get over it. Uh, the Los Cabos tournament, uh, obviously headlined by Daniil Medvedev, uh, FAA is a two seed, and then Cam Norris, a three seed, those guys have been playing great tennis all year and then some nakashima's at six seed Kakanakis at seven other than that some not catch is the four seed not a lot of huge names in this tournament uh but definitely some of the guys at the top that take away from you know the appeal of what the city open is in washington that's what's going on right now. Uh, that's pretty much it. There's not a whole lot else going on around the tennis world. Carlos Alcaraz is the number four player in the world. He's moved into the top five, which is cool to see. Uh, the new career highs, Musetti at a career high. He's at 30. Maxim Kresge Kressy is at a career high. Is at 32. Mackenzie McDonald, career high at 48. A uh, lot, lot of good players moving in to... Good spots. Uh, it looks like JJ Wolf is at ninety nine. He's in the top one hundred debut. Good to see from him. But other than that, there's not a whole lot going on in the tennis world. I know that Novak Djokovic posted a really long thing on Instagram saying that you know he's he's practicing with hopes he can still play at the U.S. Open. He's really hoping to. So we'll literally just watch that drama unfold. Who actually knows what's going to happen there? I, I sometimes I just get sick of wasting energy on things like that. But Whatever, I, I'm kind of over that at this point. If he plays, he plays. If he doesn't, he does it. It's kind of a huge, you know, soap opera the whole year, I swear. But that's it for this episode. Sorry, I'll get off my soap bots and stop complaining. But we got a lot of good tennis coming up. The U.S. Open swing is literally here and right around the corner are some massive tournaments before everyone shows up in New York City. Or will everybody show up in New York City? Novak Djokovic, big question. Or is Rafael dog going to be ready for New York City? interestingly enough no one knows enjoy your weekend it's hot outside i think there's another heat wave going across the u.s enjoy your weekend enjoy your week before your weekend and until i see you next week when we recap the city open take care